I am John Lotro, and I am Atoned Into Life. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for sharing the podcast and uh, for uh, hopefully taking encouragement from it. It uh, It is a uh, wonderful outlet for me, and I hope that it is uh, bringing uh, some encouragement to the folks who listen. Uh, I want to jump on today and talk about a concept that I was um, reading about in my study this morning, and that is this idea uh, to let to let God get the glory. Um, that's really kind of the goal with everything the Christian should be doing is to to point to the Lord Jesus Christ, to give honor to Yahweh, uh, to recognize Him as the the Sovereign, the King, the Provider. Uh, the good father, all of these various ideas that we see that point to uh, God's attributes, his his character, uh, his goodness. We need to be um, pointing to him in all things. When, when we receive blessing, um, we should be giving him all of the credit. Um, when we receive honor, we should recognize him as the one who truly deserves the glory and uh, when we're walking through tough situations we recognize that he is the one that keeps breath in our lungs that he is the one who um, will not give us more than we can handle he is the one who ultimately is is leading us um, through the the wilderness of our troubles much like he did the children of Israel. And that's one of the things that I want to kind of hit on. I uh, heard a wonderful sermon from my pastor, Alan Scott, this past weekend. And he was teaching about the uh, passage of Scripture from Exodus 14, where the children of Israel go through the Red Sea on dry land and the Egyptians pursue them and and God thrusts the sea back over them. He First he causes uh, confusion amongst them. So they get out in the Red Sea and uh, they are thrown in, into confusion. What what probably was the the height of military power at that time gets out in the middle of the Red Sea and just all of a sudden they uh, lose themselves, they lose their wits, they uh, don't know how to continue pursuing, they're thrown into confusion, the chariots are falling apart, and, um, and then ultimately the, the sea is cast back upon them and, and they're, all, um, they're all drowned. And, and leading up to that actual event taking place, God tells Moses, he says, you will see them no more. And um, that was an opportunity for God to be God. Uh, the, this idea and the, uh, the commentary that I'm reading as I walk through the book of Acts right now in my personal study, there was an article that, uh, that points to this idea of God getting all of the glory and the results that we see in Scripture when that doesn't happen. And specifically in the context of Acts, it, it talks about um, what Luke writes about Judas Iscariot in that uh, he uh, 
fell headlong, his, his entrails fell out, and he died. And that is given as an example of uh, the drastic punishment and judgment that falls upon him as a result of God not getting the glory for being God. It also points to Ananias and Sapphira when they hold back from the gift that they give to the church from the proceeds of selling their property. And Peter says, you lied to the Holy Spirit. They fall dead one, one at a time. And that is because they did not give God his proper due. They did not give him the glory and they did not trust him uh, to be God in that situation. And then the one that I was reading specifically about this morning in the text and then brought up this, this idea in the commentary was um, Herod when he is pursuing the church. He kills James, uh, the brother of John. He arrests Peter. And that's at the beginning of chapter 12. And then at the end of chapter 12, uh, Herod comes out. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance. And the people are recognizing him as a god. And uh, he he lavishes in that. He, he laps it up. And, uh, and it says he falls down and he's eaten by worms. And the commentary that I'm reading goes to great lengths to explain this idea of not giving God the glory. Taking the glory that is due to the one true and living God and these drastic results that we see in response to that. And they, they point to this idea that, that Martin Luther is quoted as saying, let God be God. Don't look to these idols as God. Don't look to yourself as God, which is in complete and direct conflict with what we see in, in broad culture today, where secular humanists want to give you the impression that everyone is a God. No, Scripture says, let God be God and give Him the glory that He is due because He is the only God, the true God and the living God, and He is the overseer and the master and the sovereign of all things. So, uh, I really latched onto this idea immediately and it, it brought me some really powerful encouragement because I think about things that are going on in the context of of my life, the life of my family, the life of my church, and then, of course, everything that you have going on in the world. We have a lot of situations right now where if we would take a step back and take inventory, and take our hands off of the levers and just say, you know what, Father, this is an opportunity right now for me to let you be God, to give you the control that you truly have, to humble myself and 
be a signpost and to point to you. And even if it doesn't turn out my way, give you the glory that you are due. This is an opportunity for us, whether it's a, a financial situation, you have a, you have a struggle, you have a need, you have um, an opportunity to, maybe you have an abundance and you have an opportunity to give a gift. You should be praying about that and you should be asking God for the ability to get out of his way, to let him be God and to do all things for his glory and be committed to giving him the honor and the glory that is due him as a result of, of that situation. And that's not an and that's not a call to um, be lazy. That's not a call to use that as a as a cop out. That's that's to say we should be diligent. We should we should continue to work and and do the things that we're supposed to do and the things that we're called to do in Scripture. But that is to say that we do it in the power of Christ. We do it for the glory of Christ, and um, we pray that it would bear fruit as a result as people uh, see all of that play out. So if it's a financial situation, um, you trust God as the provider, you bring that need to him, and you you be diligent and you do the things that you're supposed to do, but you don't try and manipulate the situation, you don't try and force something to happen, and you let God be God. In In health circumstances, still seeing a lot of folks impacted by COVID-19 and um, still seeing a lot of people who are dealing with residual medical situations that they couldn't get treated because of COVID-19, um, cancers, uh, lung disease, heart disease, all of these various different other things that folks have now had an increasing struggle with because of um, this virus and the response that was carried out to it. All of these various health situations, whether it's COVID-19 or, or something else, this is another situation where we have to recognize that God is sovereign, He is in control, and that He is working all things together for the good. But what's the point of all of that? So that He gets all the glory. So we pray to the end that that God would do miraculous things, that he would bring healing, that he would um, help those loved ones walking through health situations that are, are very drastic and very devastating. But we don't try, again, we don't try and manipulate things. We don't try and make something happen. We, we walk with the medical team. We trust the professionals, we um, hold people accountable, um, but we recognize that, that God needs to be God in this situation. He needs to get the glory, and um, we know that whether things um, turn out the way we want them or not, He is good, and, and He has our best interests at heart. So we let God be God in, in those health scenarios, and, and we give him all of the glory that is, that is due him in those situations, especially if it is 
uh, a situation where it does come out in our favor and those health situations are thrust back, uh, are defeated, are overcome. Um, what a what a tremendous testimony. But uh, there is testimony to be found in, in situations where a loved one is walking through illness and and does not come out of the other side of it with healing. Um, it's still a situation where, where God is in control. Uh, so we we love him. We um, we hold on to him because he is our comfort and our strength and uh, we glorify him even in those times as well so i hit on financial situations i hit on health situations we should this applies everywhere this applies to my parenting it applies to my ability to be a good husband it applies to my ability to uh, minister to folks in my community um, it, it applies to how I operate in the context of the local church. All of these areas are impacted by this idea that God is sovereign, he is in control, and we don't have to um, try and be gods ourselves or prop up gods like the golden calf um, that the Israelites formed at the foot of Mount Sinai. We simply do what we're called to do. We're diligent but we're not working to manipulate. We're not working to kick doors open and make something happen. We're simply working because we're working as unto the Lord, and it's another opportunity to bring him glory. And that should be the goal in all things. So I hope that this is an encouraging word to you today uh, and that you can... Um, kind of apply it. My prayer is that I would begin to um, keep this at the forefront of my mind and, and walk it out day to day because it's it's really um, kind of liberating uh, to walk in God's sovereignty. Sometimes when, when people are walking through a struggle, it can kind of be cold comfort to think about the fact that God is in control of everything and you've got this really tough circumstance and you think he's really in control of this. Um, why is this happening? But when you think about the idea that he is in control um, and that you just, you know, try and, and walk through each day in a way that honors him and trusts him. And you run on these twin tracks of faith and obedience. Um, it's, it's very liberating to think about the fact that he is in control and you don't have to manipulate and you don't have to make something happen. You just, you, you stay the course, um, and, and you walk in, in that faith and obedience and, and he'll get you through to the other side, uh, and you'll be walking on dry land, um, as hard as that may be to believe while you're in the circumstance, but like I said, I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope that it's something practical that you can you can walk out in the day-to-day. -day. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Like I said at the outset, thank you for uh, sharing the show. Uh, I'm on all the social media pages. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Instagram, at uh, Atoned Into Life. You can find me on a lot of those places. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, and and all my profiles are public. I don't I don't I've reached a point where 
the tech companies, if, if they're going to come after me, they're going to come after me no matter what. And uh, I don't have anything to hide. So I should be easy to find at Atoned Into Life on most of those places. So I appreciate you uh, tracking me down and, and sharing the show and, and all of those cool things that everybody does on social media. So uh, I just want to close by saying keep the faith and uh, stay strong and keep pointing to the one who is truly in control and, and is truly uh, a good, good king and a good father. Um, I am John Lutra. Thank you so much for listening. And everybody wants to talk about what they're entitled to. Well, the only thing that we are entitled to is death. But we can be atoned into life through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day.